Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. I'm a Georgia Tech grad and a Louisville fan. He is Mike McDaniel. He is a Virginia Tech grad and a Notre Dame fan. Mike, first question, if you're an NC State fan coming off of 2017, what are you feeling right now? Happy. Yep. Let's go with that. Right. So wait, one second real quick. So preseason predictions, we said... Hey, don't be surprised if NC State finally breaks that, you know, essentially a glass ceiling, right? And breaks into that top tier of the ACC Atlantic Division. Not only did they break into that top tier, but they finished second ahead of a Florida State team we thought was going to win the division, ahead of a Louisville team that we thought overachieved in 2016. Here they are, second in the conference behind, or second in the division behind Clemson. So really successful year, hard to say otherwise. Our long national nightmare is over, Mike. NC State second in the Atlantic Division in 2017. That's that's improvement. That's progress. I'm not going to lie to you, though. It still feels like there was something left on the table there. Um, you're right. We both had nine nine and three for NC State. Um, I think Will Thompson we brought on had something kind of along those lines. That's that's where they finished eight and four, nine and four with the bowl game. Um, but it's still, there were a couple of missed opportunities in here, Mike. And, and honestly, NC State was not that far from like an 11-1 and type of season and winning the division outright and maybe totally changing the, the course of college football this season. They had a, a seven-point loss to open the season to South Carolina in what was a bit of a fluky game. They doubled up South Carolina in yardage. Uh, they outpossessed them 37 minutes to 23, and yet they found a way to lose. Don't kick it to Debo. Yeah, never kick it to Debo. That's a bad idea. Uh, they lost by a touchdown to Clemson in a game that they had Clemson on the ropes. Uh, they lost by six at Wake Forest late in the year. All three of those very winnable games for NC State, they did not get the job done. Um, and as such, they are not going to finish 11-1. and They finish 8-4, and four. Uh, the other loss there being 35-14 at Notre Dame. Other than that, Mike, looking at – I'm trying to see their best win here, and I maybe there's a couple ways you could go with this. Uh, the three that stick out to me, at Florida State, uh, home against Louisville on a Thursday night, home against Arizona State. I, I think when you're sitting here talking about early October and you're in the Atlantic Division and you've beaten Florida State and Louisville, I mean, you've got to be feeling real good. Uh, and so I, I thought that the, the Thursday night win especially – I thought it was going to be a little bit easier for NC State than it was, uh, but still coming away with a two-score win, that was solid. It was a statement, and uh, I I would argue that was probably their best win of the year, despite the way that any of those teams that I mentioned, the way that they finished the season. So I'm going to ask you kind of a question. Now, first of all, I agree with you, but second of all, I'm going to ask you a question. So do you think that beating 
Florida State when they had a down year, beating Louisville when you and I both acknowledge they were probably a little bit overrated coming into 2017. Do you think that takes anything away from the victories for NC State? Like, are we putting on rose-colored glasses and saying, yeah, NC State was 9-4, and four, it was a great year, but but Florida State was down, but Louisville wasn't that good. I mean, how much stock do you put into that? I mean, they double up South Carolina, the opener in yardage, like you mentioned, they lose. I mean, is that a real negative view? Is that glass half empty? I mean, a little bit. I'm, I'm trying not to dump on the fact that they won nine games, but at the <laughs> same time, like NC State didn't surprise us with any game that they won at this point, right? Like, at the time, it was a little surprising that they beat Florida State, but in retrospect, they were definitely a better team than Florida State. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe we we would change the narrative around the losses quicker than we would change the narrative around the wins sometimes. Um, you know, wins are pretty validating of our opinions, whereas losses are, you know, can be explained away a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, I mean... It, if you're asking me to tell you that maybe NC State wasn't necessarily the second best team in the Atlantic this year, I'm not going to tell you that. If you're asking me to tell you that there's there's less value in that in 2017 than there is in a lot of years, 2016 and before that, I'm going to take the fifth on that one um, at the risk of pissing off NC State fans. But, you know, I mean, they, they were wins and wins are wins. And that's that's tough. I mean, both of those are at the very least, you know, fairly talented teams and regardless of any other coaching or, or whatever aspects go into that, I mean, getting it done is getting it done. And that's something that we haven't really gotten used to with NC State. So I'm going to give them credit where credit's due. But I, I will say that if you beat Florida State and Louisville in 2016, that's way more exciting than beating them in 2017, all things yep. told, if that's fair. Yep, yep that's fair. And, uh, you know, I, I think NC State had a good year. So that's, I you know, that's not really what I was getting into. Um I, I'm, I'm not trying to throw a bunch of water on it because I do think they were good. Conversely, in the Coastal Division, Virginia Tech went 9-4, and four, and I feel completely different about NC State than I do about Virginia Tech. I thought NC State was a much better football team in 2017 than the Hokies were, and that's the prime example of, yeah, we're not going to try to take away from a team that had nine wins, but you know the Hokies didn't really beat anyone of substance. You could sort of make the same argument for NC State. I mean, their loss to South Carolina is ugly, much like Virginia Tech's loss to Georgia Tech. Um, you know, they did beat Florida State when Florida State was 12th, and that was on the road. So that's a, that is impressive. But we saw what Florida State ended up being. It was a six-win team, um, and Barely. then of course the se- seventh of the bowl game, right? Barely, exactly. Um, Thanks, Louisiana Monroe. Yeah, right. Uh, in a rescheduled game. But they beat number 17 Louisville uh, in October at home. That's probably their best win. They lose by three touchdowns in South Bend. They lose by a touchdown to Clemson, which was better than the Hokies did against Clemson. And they lost to Wake Forest 30-24 to on the road in November. But you feel better about NC State because they, they win their bowl game, right? I mean... These are two very similar programs. I feel like NC State and Virginia Tech, but at the same time, I somehow come away from the NC State schedule feeling a lot better about where they ended up at nine and four. And I think it's maybe because I thought Florida State would be a lot better. I thought Louisville would be more competent than maybe they were. So that's, I think, the divider for me and why I think NC State's nine and four might be more impactful than Virginia Tech's. 
I mean, let's say this. I feel totally comfortable saying that I thought the two best teams in the conference played in Charlotte. I think the third best team was NC State. Yeah. And you're going to have a hard time arguing Virginia Tech or anybody else was better than NC State beyond Clemson and Miami in the conference this year. So if nothing else, NC State was the third best team in a conference. And that's that's a step up. That's that's improvement. Um, and that's that's a good year. That's a win. The question now, Mike, is whether they can keep that up. And we're going to get into that here in just a second. Um, we talked about best win, worst loss. Either way, I could go South Carolina or Wake Forest. Probably the one that hurts the most might be the Clemson loss, you know, that they had in the bag, more or less. They had Clemson on the ropes, and then that game slipped away kind of late. Um, I don't know. I mean, NC State lost four games, and three of them were seven points or less. And that's that's tough to swallow, I think, if you're a Wolfpack fan. And it gets back to the nine and four discussion, and this could have even been better than nine and four. The South Carolina one for me is the worst loss. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, double them up in yards, and you give up a kick return touchdown to Debo Samuel in the opening kickoff. You lose two fumbles. Uh, despite all that, it was a tie game at halftime. So it's just that's a tough one to swallow on a neutral site. Uh, you know, Notre Dame and Clemson. I mean that going on the road in South Bend and thinking and a lot of people thinking that NC State had a real chance to win going in and just getting bum rushed by the Notre Dame rushing attack and losing that game by three touchdowns. That's probably the most disappointing loss, I would say, outside of South Carolina in the opener. You don't really know what you have yet in the opener. Um, Everybody's hopes are high for the most part. But when you go into South Bend and you've rattled off six wins in a row since that South Carolina loss and you lay an egg against Notre Dame in a game that a lot of people picked you to to win, uh, that's tough. That's real tough. And I don't care what they say about Clemson the following week or even the road game against Wake Forest in November. The expectation was that NC State was going to be able to hang with Notre Dame and they really weren't able to. And it's weird because Clemson is a lot better than Notre Dame and NC State was right in that game with an opportunity to win the following week. So it's weird how college football works. Mike, I have a question for you. What was the worst loss? I don't think I really answered it, did I? No, no that, yeah, that's fine. I think we, we got there. Big question, Mike. What are we doing with Dave Doran? How's that going? Uh, well, they extended him. Yeah. And gave him a pay raise because he almost went to Tennessee. <laughs> that Are might have been Tennessee a leverage play. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but I don't know at this point. I mean, I would say that NC State might legitimately be a better job than Tennessee at this point. Tennessee seems like a mildly toxic situation to get yourself into. I mean, NC State's a good job because of Dave Doran, though. Um, yeah, it's been all right in the past, too. Guys like Tom O'Brien and such. I mean, it's. As far as ACC jobs go, I would say it's in the top half at the very least. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, NC State's definitely a better job than Tennessee right now, but you do have the money behind you at Tennessee that maybe you don't have at NC State. But don't get me wrong. I mean, NC State, they put a lot of money into that at that athletic program. They do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Tennessee's got the donors. They got ridiculous expectations, which could be a good thing or a bad thing. And you're coaching in the SEC, which, uh, you know, a lot of people hate to hear that, but that does matter. Um, I'd still take the job at NC State right now over Tennessee. I just think there's more stability there, like you mentioned. And, and you know, Philip Fulmer is is making football decisions, and you know he's been irrelevant since like the early 2000s. So this is 
they're in a weird spot, Tennessee. They hired a coach and fired a coach in Shiano within 24 hours. It, you know, how high was Jeremy Pruitt on the list? Give me that NC State job any day. I feel like both of these programs get, you know, more or less the best and the worst of fan support, but Tennessee really gets the worst of fan support. Yes. Um, it gets pretty messy up there. So uh, careful what you wish for. I, I'm with you. I think in, in 2018, the year of our Lord, it is it is a better job at NC State than Tennessee. I, I would go that for sure. And, and I think it makes sense to keep Dave Dorn around. I mean, he hasn't. I don't think that you've seen any any sense of degradation with the program at the very least. You know, 2017, the best season that he's had there. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, fair keep him around. See what he can do. You're, you're better off doing that than getting rid of him and assuming you're going to find someone better on the open market, I would say. He certainly sought after at this point. Um, you know, the fact that Tennessee did want him ahead of Jeremy Pruitt says something, right? Um I mean, Doran is a guy that I think is a really good coach. He's certainly a good recruiter. And I think he's one of these guys that really flies under the radar. And he's done a really good job at NC State. And he's a guy that, you know, for a while there, let's be honest. I mean, we weren't entirely sure if he was going to make it to 2017. And then he did. And finally, all that talent he's been recruiting finally put it together on the field. And they were really good. And I think 2018 is a huge year for NC State because you lose some of your top playmakers, but you're returning a starting quarterback. You're returning a lot of good talent on defense. You're obviously losing Bradley Chubb. That, that makes a difference. And, you know, you're losing Jalen Samuels on offense and you're losing Naheem Hines at running back. So you're losing a lot of production in the running game, but you can try to replace that as best you can. And you have enough pieces on defense. I think NC state is going to be one of those teams. that's going to be really competitive again, heading into next season. By the way, one thing that Dave Dorn has definitely done, right? Mike, he added Ted Roof to his staff and he not did. in a defensive coordinator position either. Uh, he took Ted Roof from Georgia Tech. Thank you, NC State. And uh, now in favor of NC State, they will be able to recruit Gwinnett County very effectively. And they've already been doing so. So I think it's a win-win for everybody involved. But in any case, Mike, looking towards 2018, uh, first of all, from a personnel standpoint, it's not looking great. NC State very much had a window in 2017 and in 2018 it's going back to a little bit of a rebuild. They, uh, they come out 112th nationally in returning production, according to SB nation. Uh, they lose most anybody meaningful on offense, except for the quarterback. Um, they bring back Ryan Finley at quarterback. They bring back Reggie Gillespie and they bring back a few guys in the offensive line, but uh, Naeem Hines, Jalen Samuels, even, you know, backup quarterback Jalen McClendon, who was a situational guy, he's gone. Um, some of their most meaningful players. Now, they do get Kelvin Harmon and Jacoby Myers back on the outside, which is helpful. On defense, they are 129th out of 130 teams nationally in returning production. Um, this unit is getting depleted badly. Uh, and so the, the reconstruction effort is going to have to be quick and hopefully effective Mike, they, they out of conference uh, next year. They're out of conference schedule all in September, all first four games out of the gate. Home against James Madison, careful. Home against Georgia State, home against West Virginia, and at Marshall. Um, I think there's like a, a mildly possible worst case here that that's a two and two slate. You can very much lose that game to James Madison, uh, last year's national champion from the FCS and this year's runner-up from FCS. 
Um, from there, cross division game uh, at at home against Virginia, and uh, on the road, of course, finishing off the season at North Carolina. Um, I don't know how I feel about this, but I think with the personnel replacement that has to go on here, I, I'm a little skeptical about NC State going into 2018. I, I'm very curious to see if they're able to reload. I and I don't. I'm honestly not that sure if they can, Mike. Yeah, so I mean, the pieces that return on defense I mentioned are rotational pieces. So they do have something coming back. Like you mentioned, the returning production. When you lose a guy um, like Bradley Chubb, it's, <laughs> I mean, he's going to be a top five to 10 pick in the NFL draft. I mean, it's tough to replace. Um, they have some young talent on defense. So they're going to hope that those guys develop quickly. I liken them to Virginia Tech in that regard as well. I agree with you on the non-conference slate because James Madison is a team that won a national championship in 2016 and was the runner-up in 2017. I mean, this is a really, really good program in the FCS, a team that could easily be FBS, in my opinion, and and you know be one of those teams that develops into a competent program just because of how things are run there. Uh, Georgia State, you're going to win that game. Marshall, you should win that game on the road. That West Virginia game's tricky because West Virginia, I think, is very similar to NC State as far as what they have coming back on defense as well as the pieces on offense. They, of course, have Will Greer, and he's going to throw it all over the yard. So a clash of styles for sure. Um, NC State's got more of a conventional West Coast offense while... West Virginia wants to throw it about 50,000 times a game and just see where the let the chips fall where they may. Uh, defense isn't really a thing in the Big 12 anyway. I could see a scenario where that's a 2-2 two and two start to the year. Um, I think more than likely it's 3-1. and one. I think NC State will be able to contain West Virginia enough to win that football game. Um, I, I'm The JMU one is tricky for me. I think that's the 50-50 game in my opinion. Um, but I think Georgia State and Marshall are winnable. So it's one of JMU and West Virginia, I think, that they'll probably lose. Yeah, this could be a little tricky. I'm looking at these numbers, Mike, what NC State is losing. Seven of their top nine tacklers, uh, four of their top five, or excuse me, their top four pass rushers, uh, plus, I guess, a total of seven of their top nine there, and four of their top five in the secondary. So good luck. Um, that's, that's basically the entire defense that needs to be replaced. So, uh, hope that goes okay. Mike, that's all I got on NC state. Anything else before we get out of here? Um, so better or worse next year, worse. I'm going worse. I I think it's looking down for NC state. I, I, I won't speculate on 2019 and at the very least they're bringing back Ryan Finley for next year. So some reason for hope on offense there, but I, I'm not, I'm not optimistic about 2018 as it relates to NC state bowl game happens. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think you bought him out at worse than six and six. Um, but I think that you're, you're a lot closer to six and six than you are to nine and four, 10 and two, you know, yep. th- those kinds of finishes. Yep. I agree. Pretty mediocre year next year for NC State, but I, I it'll be fine. I I mean, they're still recruiting well. Doran does fine in that department. They got a lot of talent that's young, but it'll be a step back. 
The Atlantic division is losing quite a bit, so you might not really fall that far in the standings, even even dropping down to like a seven and five. That still might be better than, you know, you might be fighting like a Boston College or a Wake Forest to be third best in that division, even if Florida State comes back. So, you know, I mean, that's if that's as bad as it gets, you're still doing pretty well as a football program. So nothing to worry about. But yeah. anyways, Mike, let's get out of here. We got a few more teams to recap. Uh, in the meantime, they can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel CFB. That's a new one. Uh, at Mike McDaniel CFB on Twitter. And together we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. I fully expect NC State fans to come at us and tell us why we're 12 kinds of wrong on this podcast. So please do that. Uh, they can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, the Overcast app, and wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. Mike, tell them where they can find us on the social medias. Facebook. Go check it out. Facebook.com slash basketball conference. Rate review. Find all of our podcasts there, Joey. Dilly dilly. Uh, Mike, they can also find us on YouTube. Just go search basketball conference. We don't have a fancy URL or anything like that. That's got to take a while. So go search us on YouTube, hit subscribe and watch all of our podcasts because uh, we are much better visually than we are audio. I agree. So yeah, come check it out. Mike, that's all I got. Let's talk, uh, talk a little more soon. Uh, Yeah, definitely. Bye. We're going to talk about other teams to be specific. So we'll, we'll do that then. Uh, but until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. And until then, go ACC. Go ACC.